When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. We're not going to get wordy here. We're going to get right to the juice. Kevin Goatee gutting the sacred cow. We've got an 80s dandy about to take a bath. And that is the never-ending story. Well, who has selected this film? Juliet Miranda and her husband, David the Producer. They've been on this podcast countless times, and each and every time, they bring home the bacon. They hate never-ending story. Actually, Juliet does. I forgot if David does or not. But do I? Let's find out. Guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com to advertise with us. Thank you for telling all of your friends about what a kick-ass podcast this is. Please, when you see us on social media, just give us a thumbs up. We really appreciate it, and God Damn it, I love talking to all you guys on social media at Gutting the Sacred Cow Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and at GTSC Podcast on Twitter. Here we go. Never ending story. Juliet Miranda, David the Producer, co hosting. Gather around, here's what I know. It's just that this cow has got to go. The Lippenzauner Stallions, the most highly trained horses in the world, they're all white? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, you're aware they're all white, or yes, sir, you've seen them. Yes, sir, I've seen them. Yes, sir, I'm aware that they're all white. They're not from Portugal. They're from Spain, and at birth, they're not white. They're black, sir. David, the producer, Julian Miranda. Name that film. I got fucking nothing. David, the producer, what do we have? I have a little more if you want me to give it to you. No, I think I'm good. I think it's Sister Act 2. <laughs> no, it's Sister Act 3. Just kidding. There was no. This is from the, you know, no one talks about this film, and I think it's fantastic. Crimson Tide. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I never saw that one. Saw it the day of uh, one of my across the town's proms. I went to the prom that day with the girl. And I said, you get to cut out early because you're a dude. And I only need 30, 45 minutes to get ready. So I go, well, it's one o'clock. 
This thing's until seven. Let me go see Crimson Tide and enjoy the hell out of it. I own it too. Kevin Goatee, Joy Miranda, David the producer, my favorite husband-wife duo, and they are both master gutters on this show. They all not only pick fantastic films, but goddamn, they are A1 snipers when it comes to this stuff. Today, Juliet has decided to attack the Gen X fantasy love story known as <laughs> The Never-Ending Story. A 19th David's groaning already. You are the worst person I po- pay poker with. You were invited in my game. A 1984 budget, $27 million. A box office haul of $20 million. This lost money. 2023 money, $79.4 million budget, $58 million box office haul. Wowzer, kids. Wowzer. You would think just based off of just everybody talks about this movie in just such a nostalgic way, you would think that it would have made a ton of doubt. I'm very curious because I want to see what part two made. Because how, how are you going to green light a one movie and off a bomb? You know, I read somewhere as I was just going through my research, like, uh, unfortunately, I do for this show because all the goddamn homework. (laughs) I read somewhere that it made $100 million. Wrong. Uh, The second one, you mean? Uh, Maybe I saw the second one. Maybe. Box Office Hall, the second one, $17.4 million. What was the budget? $36 million budget. It it didn't even make half of its money back ouch how do you go back to the well like that again my god it's not shawshank kids i know shawshank did not make money but christ almighty Um, (laughs) quotes yay he's flying the falcor that's all i have i actually have a quote from the book okay so douchey I had to uh, pull it. So it's, if you stop to think about it, you'll have to admit that all stories in the world consist essentially of 26 letters. The letters are always the same. Only the arrangement varies. From letters to words are formed. From words to sentences. From sentences to chapters. And chapters to stories. Ugh. The same garbage you hear spewed from some like NYU English professor. Now, kids, go out to the world and write douche nozzle reviews. Yeah, Yeah, well, related to that, my quote is this book is not for you. Oh, sick burn. (laughs) Like it. Five fun facts. The aforementioned writer of the book, Michael Endy, was definitely not on board with the busty laser-shooting sphinx that Atreyu encounters in the film. The sphinxes are quite one of the biggest embarrassments of the film, Endy said. They are full-bosom strippers who sit there in the desert. I go, and I say, I'd certainly seen that a place, just like nipples on a bat suit. Oh, I'm going to be talking about that later. I believe it. Uh, I I had a big circle go. This is going to be a bullseye. Number two, Artax's death in the swamp of sadness in the introduction of the giant turtle Morla took two months to shoot. It was a lot of work, quote unquote. There was a reason why the swamp of sadness scene took so long to shoot. 
the short version, most horses don't walk into deep pools of mud if they have a choice. It took two trainers seven weeks to teach the horse playing Artax to stand still on a hydraulic platform in the swamp with mud up to his chin without trying to swim or run away. Animal abuse. I ask you, you, thank you. That's one. Where's PETA on that? And number two, is that like where you have the sheep on the edge of a cliff and you have to hold them so they don't try and run away as you fuck them as the old fraternity hazing stories go? Ooh, that's a lot of words in a short period of time. I need what fraternity did you go to? Not that one. I was in, (laughs) we did a lot of other uh, unsavory things, but animal fucking, not one of them. Just uh, if you call the DeFi girls animals. Hey, oh, Waka, Waka, and Waka. Number three, during the first scene inside the ivory tower, eagle eye viewers can spot many well-known characters from other media hidden among the Fantasians. Did you guys happen to catch any of these characters in the crowd? Neither did I. So I had to look at the photo and it still couldn't discern any of these, uh, these characters. Number one, Yoda. Number two, Gumby. Number three, Chewbacca. Number four, Mickey Mouse. Number five, two Ewoks. Number six, C-3PO, and seven, E-T. Now, I wonder if this was made a few years later, that Mac, if from Mac and me, he would have fried his shitty circuits and the little animatronic puppet if he would have saw the Sphinx's tits in this photo. <laughs> hey, Sphinx tits. That's going to be a t-shirt soon. Hashtag Sphinx tits. Why was it not already? <laughs> If some dildo can go out and make a lot of money with a shirt that says Tiger Blood and Duh Winning, why was Sphinx Tits not made? Uh, Patent pending, everybody. Patent pending. Patent pending. (laughs) The German version of this film is different from the U.S. cut that was eventually released everywhere else. The original German version is seven minutes longer as, do you want to take a guess what famous director helped Wolfgang Peterson to cut this film to make it faster and smoother? Take one guess. No idea. Steven Spielberg. Get out. Oh, it figures. And he, uh, Wolfgang Peterson gifted the original Orin to Spielberg as a thank you gift. Ugh. You money know, would have been better, but again. Yeah, I would have taken sure. money. Yeah. I, I mean, unless it's carved out of gold. <laughs> I heard they wrote the song, or not wrote the song, but the uh, the main track was also sung in German. And now it, was. it makes sense. Now it makes sense. If David Hasselhoff doesn't sing this during his performances over there, he is missing out on a treasure trove of opportunity. Well, no, they got the guy from Kaja Gugu instead. There's a big treat. That is definitely some kind of gay porn genre I have not stumbled upon, but I'm uh, curious for for my gay listeners to find out what that is. Number five, Tammy Stronek, the actress who played the childlike empress, lost her two front teeth in the normal course of growing up because they did not want the character to be missing her two front teeth as that would detract from the otherwise stately appearance. She was fitted with false teeth. Unfortunately, the falsies caused her to speak with a prominent lisp. So it took her a considerable amount of time and diction to tr- of training to overcome the lisp. So I say this is what it would sound like if Rich Voss was a woman, right? <laughs> and a 10-year-old at that. Snuck that one in there and glad it paid off. Now, let's get right on over to the fans in our favorite category known as Ask 
a gutter. At Bango2331, such overrated tripe. Looking forward to this. Well, he's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm surprised to hear you say that, Juliet. I'm I know, sure. right? Shocker. At Newark Knight, Brandon Oglesby, what's more overrated? What's the more overrated kids movie from the 80s, The NeverEnding Story or The Princess Bride? Oh, obviously, NeverEnding Story. I mean, at least Princess Bride has a little bit of charm to it, a better script, something. I will disagree with you. I think Princess Bride is insanely overrated and to the point where I even gutted it on this very podcast. So tune into that. His second half of the question, since the never ending story only adapts half the original novel, does it do it well like Dune Part One or like the third Divergent movie? This doesn't even act like a regular. It doesn't even act like a regular movie. I mean, we'll go into it later, but my God, I mean, there's no payoffs in any section of this movie. Mm -hmm. And, you know, honestly, I think Divergent did a fairly decent job of adapting the source material. I feel like Never Ending Story just missed the mark on all levels. I didn't watch any of the Divergent films only because I was told they're a watered down Hunger Games. And I said, eh, not for me. That's exactly what they are, but they still stay true to the book. So they've got that going for them, which is nice. (laughs) <laughs> don't don't ever leave that a caddyshack quote hanging away and you know i'm gonna smash that hanging to a curveball the next one at lord snurts who also now lord snurts has some has decided to and i love how he did this he now has his predictions of the scores in the ask a gutter so i'm going to withhold them to not influence either of you so i have that as well but his question what fictional novel would you want to join a la The NeverEnding Story? Well, for me, when I was a kid, I loved the book from the mixed up files of Mrs. Basilie Frankweiler. It's about a girl who runs away from home with her little brother and lives in a museum. And while she's there, she, you know, plays with all the attractions. She uncovers a mystery about a statue. It's just my kind of story. It's got great characters in it. It's fun. There's a museum. It's like Night at the Museum. And that's kind just of gonna say that. style. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you, DTP? Uh, a, uh, a book that jumps out to you? Uh, Lord of the Flies. <laughs> <laughs> I just Why? love the ending. Because you want to taste what, what you want to taste what piggy tastes like? Yes. <laughs> Ah, a reader. <laughs> well, surprise. I have a fiction and a nonfiction, if you will. My fiction is Ready Player One. Being an 80s video game nerd and 80s movie nerd, as we are all very well aware of, that would be right up my alley. And Steven Spielberg done fucked up that movie. If you've read the book, decided to Spielberg it up and make a lot of sad things and stop killing people and just sugarcoat the shit out of it so and i love spielberg but goddamn he got too happy cute yeah. with that one my f- non-fictional book i would love to have been a part of motley crew the dirt <laughs> no i've been there and done that you really yeah. don't you really do not <laughs> i want to see ozzy osbourne snorting ants i want to see just the the debauchery and the shenanigans tomfoolery and general horseplay and, uh, yeah, it's it's terrifying. <laughs> and be part of the uh, the the groupie fallout. Not every ten can fuck a Motley Crew member, but if I was there 
in, a, in the ripe old age of whatever age I decided to be, I think I go, you know what? I can get a 10 right now just by being here. You know that they would have actually kicked you off the bus in the first leg of the tour. You would oh, have yeah. You would have been back with the roadies. At Pedestrian, LOL, my band used to cover the song. IDGAF, it's a cheesy 80s classic. It is. Oh, that one. Yeah, that's it's a bad, 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 bad song. You know, I love shitty 80s songs. They're the kind of thing that when we all they just take off like you wouldn't believe. And I think if we had a couple bands here on Bourbon Street who would cover Never Ending Story, it would be fucking awesome. (laughs) My daughter did a summer or her camp. They did like a thing called Showstoppers where they had little musical numbers. And she got to sing one of my favorite 80s songs. And whenever it's in a film, you can always associate it with a shopping montage. And that is, of course, Katrina and the Waves Walking on Sunshine. She sang that song. Now, unfortunately, some other kids had to sing the Never Ending Story song. I go, oh, my God, I forgot how bad this is. And then (laughs) lo and behold, a week later, like Never Ending Story. go, well, this is universe calling out to me. Here we are. And I love it that uh, they... Give credit to Jamal from uh, Kajagugu for that, but they the girl singer that is sick and Beth. That's no last name, no last name credit. <laughs> Poor Beth. That's like the girl who's in the BC Boys for five minutes and they kicked her out unceremoniously. Kim something, I, I forgot her last name. I didn't know about that. Oh, she was in the band when they were, when they were hardcore punk. She was in the band and they kicked her out when they decided to go rap. It's in the book. Book's a great oh. read. I, I recommend that at Joe Canal, uh, Weaselicious. Great choice. Never ending movie. Hmm. Something tells me that joke's going to resurface a few times here. <laughs> no, nope, it's already nope. written down. Nope. That's too easy. <laughs> at Joe loves camp. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't want to cut you off. No, I just said I took the easy road. I did write that one. <laughs> I did too. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> I forgot another question from Lord Snurts. Would you use these powers for other tasks besides beating up bullies? I answer that in my notes, but I want to hear what you two have to say. Um, I don't know. I mean, it seems like you've got the capacity there to do a whole lot more entertaining things. I'd maybe test the limits of those powers and see what else I can do. I'd be like Gamork. David, what do you have? I would have the powers of fucking fly. I think if I had two powers, those are it. And you mean you don't it, already? Well, <laughs> the first one I got down. <laughs> I just got to learn how to fly afterwards. I would love to see you in that pink ensemble behind you on your wallpaper when you sign in, <laughs> flying in that zoot suit. That. <laughs> is a true joy that this world would love to see and should be captured on film in the Louvre. I would choose my answer. I, and I thought about this. This is what kind of, I don't know. Everybody asked, what would your X-Men superpower be? Mine would be mind control mm-hmm. without question. I guess. Like yeah, exactly. I'd walk into a bank. Give me $7 million. Okay. Or I'd ask the dealer in a blackjack table. What's your whole card? Oh, it's a seven. Oh, okay. I'm going to double down now. Mind control. Right away, I went to rapey thoughts. I thought you were going to go up to girls and go, oh, you do want to fuck me, right? Yeah. Oh, oh. Funny. That's kind of where I was going with the Gamork thing. That's fine. <laughs> Rodney Dangerville has one of the best jokes, like kind of, you know, like, kind of sort of like that. It's all right. I think I, 
here's a think of a number between one to ten. And she goes, like, oh, seven. He goes, oh, you win. Now take your clothes off. That's <laughs> <laughs> so why he's the greatest, kids. That's so why he's the greatest. Next and last one at Joe Loves Chem. What is the most traumatizing scene from a kid's movie? A horse drowning in quicksand is high on that list. Yeah, uh, that is. And I think, uh, well, obviously, Old Yeller was pretty fucking disturbing. Dave? Oh, no. There's a second one in this movie when the dog turns into quickly a pedophile. <laughs> hey, 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 now, that's my my bit. I, I oh, think I, I have. I didn't know you were taking it. <laughs> yeah. All right. I well, I mean, the easy answer is Bambi. I mean, I saw that when I was like, I don't know, six. Oh, sure. I forgot about Bambi. Easy one. Now, this is for all you other fellow '80s nerds of the cartoons and films. When Optimus Prime dies in the cartoon film of Transformers the movie, I still, and I'm 46 years old, still tear up. Man, with the robot was an icon to all of our kids of this age, and when he died, I cried. I don't know how long in that theater. My brother and I both cried, and I still tear up when he dies in the cartoon film. Yeah. It's a tough I one. Beginning of up. <laughs> up so I, I watched I, my, my daughter. I watched that again. I well, yeah, I watched it again. It was her first time. A few months ago, she did not like the beginning. Did no, not it's like horrible. It. I'm like, oh, I forgot about this. Damn it. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a that's a, a Toy Story three is a happy cry though. When you know, when they'll give all the toys away, it always still gets me. She knows. I know, I know. That gets me too. Although when they're, what is it? They're going into like the dumpster fire or something like that, and they're all holding hands. That's yep. brutal too. That's enough one. I think that the Transformers one and um, uh, ET when he's dying and the flowers die as an yes. adult. Every single the music. I hear the music now. I go, oh Christ, here we go. Yeah, yep. like a charm. I'll never. Forget, I saw it in the theater. I'll never forget this older black woman comes up. She goes, "It's okay, honey. He'll be fine." <laughs> <laughs> it's the third time I saw the theater as a kid. I'm like, I know, but it's still traumatizing. That is going to close Ask a Gutter. And the kids, hey, no one listens to the end of podcasts. So that's why we do our plugs in the beginning. Julia Miranda, I know you've got something that you would have shared, everybody. You know, it's funny. Um, I don't. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of taking a break from the podcasting thing right now. Uh, I have two books in the works. One, I'm actively shopping around with some interest in it. So I have no idea what's going to happen with it. But hopefully it'll uh, it'll be published in the next year. We'll see. Congrats prematurely. Yeah, I, well, I, knock on, you know, countertop here. We'll see what happens. I expect a signed copy of each sent to me post haste. You got it. David, the producer, anything else to promote besides uh, alcoholism in the uh, French Quarter? No, just that I'll be at, uh, you know, the French Quarter right about Bourbon Street in about an hour and a half. If you want to meet me out there, <laughs> I'm all good. I got and time. It, I was just going to say, it doesn't matter when you hear this podcast. Just go, let me go to the French Quarter and look for DTP. He'll be out there having a cocktail. He'll you can find us hanging on the wall of our favorite bar. They just erected our photos over it. They what? I'm not kidding. They did. <laughs> And you've only been in that town for what, three years now? Three, three and, and, a and a half, half years. Yeah. 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 My God, yeah. listen, you have to shoot a movie or be someone famous to get your picture hung or infamous. And here you two are, I guess, infamous. Have your photo <laughs> hung. Oh. <laughs> uh. I'm like that well, proud. We'll buy you a drink if you can find them in the French Quarter. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that. And of course, gutting the sacred cow at gmail.com if you want to advertise with us. Most importantly, leave that five star rating. 
two or three sentence review wherever you hear podcasts and tell a friend a referral is the highest level of compliment. GTSC podcast on Twitter. I have to get on Blue Sky. Someone sent me an invite and I'm lazy and I haven't done it yet. Shame on me. And uh, whatever you see. What? Blue, uh, blue, blue sky, that's like that Twitter, but not Twitter. It's a, it's a different social media platform. That you have to have a oh, special invite for that noise. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's why. Hey, I've had this invite for a month and I still haven't activated yet, Juliet. So what does that tell you? <laughs> oh, not excited about more social media. Yay. Yay. So TikTok. give us a that's going to do it for everything else. Now it's gone. Oh. God, I'm going to crack my fingers because this woman is a conductor of the finest of symphonies of gutting. Julia Miranda, please take no more time to waste and gut the the sacred cow. (laughs) You know, this fucking movie, I don't think (laughs) I liked it as a kid. I really don't. I remember being very confused by it and having watched it again now, I feel like this movie is what happens when you drop acid after watching the first season of Sesame Street and then you (laughs) read German existentialist philosophy. The movie is such a bummer. The characters are totally gross and unlikable and the plot is absurdly boring. And you know right from the start that this movie is going to be a total bum ride because it opens with a dead mom You've got a dad who eats raw eggs in a milkshake for breakfast. God damn it, anyway. I thought I was going to sneak that one past you because I have a lot about that. <laughs> Juliet. It's just foul. And then, you know, the kid gets thrown in a dumpster. It just opens on this sad sack note. And even when the fantasy portion finally kicks in, you don't get to go to someplace that's like, you know, say the land of Oz, where things are, you know, cool and a little dangerous. You get the desert of shadowed hope and the swamps of sadness. Mm. And those are the places that they're trying to save from the nothing, which kind of makes me wonder, you know, what about the places they're not telling you about in Fantasia? Is there a rapey island? Is there a predator junction? Seriously, Fantasia sucks. I don't want to go there and I don't want to watch a movie about it. By the way, Fantasia, I had a problem with that because a little film company called Disney made a film yeah. called Fantasia. Ta-da. It came out in 1940-ish time. So how is that not, how are they not having their lawyers sicked on them for that blatant name stealing Oh, yeah. I mean, Disney after you if you like tagged them in a post hawking something else. So I don't know how they got away with it. Right. Well, and, and when the you scenes in Fantasia look a lot like Wyoming. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but when you can't get any more depressed by this movie, like we were saying, the fucking horse dies. This is so traumatic. And I remember I had this on VHS and I would fast forward through the scene every time it came on because I don't want to watch a horse die. And it's not a little scene. It takes a good five minutes. They don't cut away from it. You just Mm -hmm. watch that horse sink lower and lower into a pool of muck until all that's left are tiny little bubbles floating to the surface as it drowns. Oh wait, I mean, one one more one more traumatic from a child from a kid's film. I just thought of the shoe, the cartoon shoe from Who Framed Roger Rabbit being dunked in the dip by Judge Doom. That yeah. stuck, I get so mad. I go, no, he did nothing. He's so cute. That is a, that is like that horse dying, 
But the dip scene with the shoe, way more traumatic and way more angst filled yes. and way more anger and emotion out of me. The horse is bad. That dip scene, the worst. I, you know, I, I and you're right thinking. because the guy takes so much pleasure in doing it too. Yeah. He's like, this is fucking awesome. Watch this. Yeah, yep. that is definitely weird. Yep. Sorry, go ahead. Continue, oh, please. No, it's all good. Um, I think the horse was probably the only likable character in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you look at this luck dragon, Falcor. He looks like a retarded Muppet with a skin condition. Oh. I mean, I'm watching this and I'm wondering, are those scales or are they pustules? <laughs> And I'm kind of convinced David mentioned it. I think the luck dragon is a kid toucher. Mm. I do. Look at the scene. Okay. You've got a tray who's unconscious, right? He's under the dog's paw. And when that thing wakes up, he goes, I like children. Yeah. yeah. And then he's all like, oh, scratch my ears. Ooh, that feels so good. I mean, this thing is one step away from candy and a rape fan. <laughs> I like how you say like pustules, like he's a big case of a walking case of thrush. <laughs> like, look at all the bubbles on his back. It is disgusting. Oh. I don't want to hide on that thing. No. Well, and like you mentioned, you've got those two sphinxes with the boobs. How did that make it past any sensors in the 80s? They had nipples like garage door openers, and they were <laughs> there. Even when I was whatever I was, eight or nine, watching this movie, I was fascinated by their boobs. And I was a kid who stole issues of Playboy, so I'm like, how did this wind up in the movie I'm watching? I I, I don't even know how they got away with that. What was your favorite issue of Playboy that you uh, pilfered as a kid? I really couldn't say I, my uncle had a stack of them in our summer cabin and I just grabbed a handful of them and I thought they were beautiful. I loved them. Uh, no fault. This not logic. I'm with her. I was just going to say, you can't go wrong with that kind of train of thought and behavior. <laughs> no, they were pretty. All the women were gorgeous. I wanted to be one of them. You know, it was just a, it was a beautiful moment for a young girl. Oh, Kevin, have um, you not noticed that I love damaged women? <laughs> okay hang on there mister i think the character that i hate the most in this movie is bastion because mm -hmm. they call him the main character and we're supposed we're you know supposed to feel sorry for him because you know his mom is dead his dad's a dick he's being bullied but if you look at the character as it's written he has zero personality all he does is whine and the whole big act of rebellion is him borrowing a book to ditch school to read in school. <laughs> that makes no sense uh, to me. <laughs> his, his entire role is as an observer of everything that is happening to everyone else. And I'll tell you, if you call this kid a hero because he saved Fantasia, that is no different than saying Fred Savage is the star of The Princess Bride. <laughs> so... You know, you've got this kid, Bastion, but he's not really the hero of the movie. Obviously, the hero is Atreyu. And this brings me to the stupid, stupid, boring plot, because it is 90 minutes of quests that go nowhere. Mm. They all just lead to more quests and then nothing happens. You think about it. I mean, the main things that happen to Atreyu, you know, he gets covered in turtle snot. He rides a mechanical flying dog that Ed Wood probably could have made better. 
then he gets a lucky shot when he kills the Gamork. And that pissed me off so much because the scene is so anticlimactic. You know, you, you get the feeling that the Gamork is bad, although you don't really know why, because he never kills anything. Mm-hmm. And then all Atreyu does is hold up a little like shard of rock or something. He's like, I'm a warrior. Come and get me. And the Gamork does. And then he dies. That's it. There's no climax. There's no fight scene. And I don't understand why this is because the movie doesn't shy away from death. I mean, clearly everybody dies in this movie. So why can't you at least give me a good fight scene? You know, let the dog gnaw on a Treyu's leg or something. <laughs> and then after he kills the Gamork, there's no payoff. Yeah. It resolves nothing. All you get is yelling and monologuing. You know, you've got that stupid rock guy going, my friends fell from my hands. I couldn't do anything about it. And there's nothing left but nothing. And I'll tell you, the one thing that the nothing took from this movie was a conclusion. The big scene where Bastion is yelling his mother's name, you never really get the point of that. It means nothing. And it's so garbled. It took me until yesterday to actually know what name he yelled. Like, Moonchild? What does that mean? I had to I, Google that myself because that sounded a bunch of gobbledygook. It was gobbledygook. It sucked. And I mean, I get it. The movie's a metaphor. You know, it's about using your imagination and creating your own story. And that's all fine and good because obviously kids love metaphors. But <laughs> yeah. in this case, And if we're talking by extension, you know, by watching the never ending story, we're somehow a part of that story itself. I'm going to use my imagination and I'm going to bring back Gamork and I'm going to kill off every one of those stupid fucking characters as punishment for making me watch these 90 minutes. That's a big bow right there. It sounds like that jet has landed. Give me number one. That movie. <laughs> the mouths of babes. Uh, give me a number, Juliet, one to ten of your thoughts on this film. <sighs> I'm gonna go with a three. A three. Three. All right, David, the producer. Why don't you jump in the old face-off circle? Yeah, I just have a couple of points on the movie because she hit most of them. But why does every sad sack 1980s character? have a bowl cut oh boy it's Mm -hmm. it's every time and how does he become the hero because he's not the hero but he wants to be the hero you got a rock biter a racing snail a bat a weird guy in a hat and a troll i could give a flying fuck through a rolling donut about any of these characters they (laughs) really add nothing to the story they don't progress the story they don't they're not even part of really any of the quests why are they there any idea well i got nothing Mm. i got Mm. nothing and the enemy of the movie as juliet said before is nothing literally they're fighting nothing how do you fight nothing and how do you win against nothing by calling out moon child (laughs) that's how you win against nothing the dumbest thing and there's a name just ripping through every baby in the 1980s, right? I mean, I was practically named Moonchild, said no one ever. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. Isn't there a Moonlight Zappa out there? Yes. No, moon uh, Units. Moon, moon unit. Units. That's right. Yeah. I knew it was something I mean, stupid. Ultimately, it's just a shitty story 
with a cop-out ending with some weird wacky dog. I don't understand it. I think Princess Bride and Labyrinth did this so much better. I know they were after it, so it's not like they tried to be derivative, but they did it so much better than this movie. This movie, you see the sets, they're super expensive, and you go, Jesus, how in the hell did they make this movie? And to your point earlier, Kevin, mm. I don't know how they got the second one greenlit, especially after yeah. losing money. Right. How do you get a green lid after losing money? I have no idea, but this movie can go suck a ball sack. <laughs> I, it's nonsensical, overacted, and the heroes of Flying Dog, go fuck yourself. Oh. <laughs> I can't have this movie. <laughs> Wowzer. Uh, is that all for you? I think it is, yes. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. I have never seen David more angry than I did last night when he was watching this movie. I mean, he oh, got horseshit. Oh, no, 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 he, he did. I've seen he's he's first of all, he's done films with way more vitriol because he just I mean, I mean, this kind of speaks to your point. I may be making your point for you. He has these elaborate ass layouts of arguments about here's why this film sucks. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And they're all it's just poetry emotion. Here's just like I guess this is more of a I guess complacency. Ah. Fuck this film. It's so bad. Ugh, no notes. That's it. I guess <laughs> I guess Kevin, I made a point for you. I had to have her pause the movie no less than seven times because <laughs> I had to walk away from it. I'm like, I'm going out. Yeah. I'm going. Yeah. I'm going and I, I, I think I, I, we I'll be went, on the balcony. We went through an entire bottle of bourbon watching this movie. Ooh. Which didn't even make the movie better. This big yeah. or a tall boy. <laughs> small. Small. Yeah. Little I was going to say. Standard. I had to do that with um, Rocky Horror Picture Show. The words, except for fantastic tits on Susan Sarandon, every other word was, oh, oh, that doesn't happen. This is garbage. I hate, I never saw that film, by the way, until recently. And I re- avoided it apparently for good reason, but I, I feel your pain. I had to pause that so many times. And again, only a scant 90 minutes, just as this was. Uh, Dave, what was your score? I'm sorry, I don't, I don't recall. Uh, I give it actually a only for production value, except for the mechanical uh, puppets, because they look stupid. Right. Um, I'll give it a three and a half. Oh, whoa. Wow, okay. And, and I do have there. a that doesn't happen. OK, moment. please. So they send it or they send that uh, they send the kid out to go on his quests and just arbitrarily, he says, okay, you can't have any weapons, but here's no. a necklace. Go have fun. Right, right. The two of you are so good at this. It's not even that fair. That does not happen. <laughs> <sighs> My name is Tanika. I host the podcast titled Reality Times Two, where we talk about all the trash reality TV we all love to hate, including shows like 90 Day UK or Before the 90 Days The Other Way 
we will also be covering new shows coming up like Love is Blind or F-Boy Island. You can find Reality Tea Times 2 on any of your favorite podcast apps. These notes, what's left of them, brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com, where you can find fantastic shirts, hats, mugs, coffee mugs, whatever we have it. Buy something for your favorite podcast, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. And again, leave that five-star rating, two or three-sentence review. Tell your friend. Follow us on the socials. Pretty, pretty pleased with sugar on top. We thank you. Notes. No rec- no recognizable names in the credits. We're off to a very inauspicious start as it is, kids. <laughs> I already talked about my daughter in the singing showcase. I remind, oh, that the follow-up joke I wrote. The never-ending story song, I was reminded at her showcase how this song sucks harder than sticking your dick in a wet, dry vacuum. <laughs> Ooh, I got to follow up to your first joke, which is Please. this is a movie about nothing with nobody. <laughs> okay. That's no- <laughs> okay. I got nothing. <laughs> did you all watch the? Do you, you, Juliet? You stole my. I thought I was going to get this. The dad had an egg and orange juice concoction in that blender. What kind of Branch Davidian maniac that probably also douses his pizza with ranch dressing mixes those two? Is he secretly trying to be Rocky Balboa, but looks like he's selling Amway or life insurance policies? <laughs> And what a dick, too. The kid's mom just died. He's like, you gotta stand on your feet, kid. Suck it up, kid. Did you know who that was? Did you know who that was? I have no idea. Major Dad, Gerald McRaney. No. Yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that. I caught that. That's the only credit I caught. Yeah. The the bookstore owner has the charm of Chris D'Elia at an elementary school PTA meeting. Mm -hmm. Oof. What a you'd think a guy who's sitting there all day in a bookstore has probably no customers would be excited the prospect of someone coming in. Yes, I know this is a catalyst for the plot, but why would he tell that kid about the book and go, ah, never mind, never mind? That's like a guy giving a stripper a hundred for a private lap dance, and then she pulls her tits out and goes, psych, and jumps backward. (laughs) <laughs> you're not wrong if i was late for school and i didn't want to take a math test and decided to play hooky reading a book in the school's attic was nowhere near my first second third or 87th list drinking zimas at nicole buffin's house while cutting class now that was more of my speed rate to cut class exactly that makes sense i mean seriously what kid could even get into its school attic yeah I get this is the 80s, so obviously CGI, not even thought that this is before Terminator 2 and the greatness of the effects of Stan Winston and all that. The animation is a horrible mix of Wallace and Gromit mixed with the California Raisins. You're not wrong there. That is a (laughs) perfect analogy of this shithole movie. And I hated Wallace and Gromit. And if you <laughs> if you said you liked him, you're lying to yourself because there's no one who can sell me on that garbage that they put out. No. They called the rock monster a rock biter, which ironically was Steve Buscemi's nickname in high school. Uh... A rock biter. Oh, ouch. <laughs> that little Mad Hatter slash Willy Wonka looking fella has some real bad ADR dubbing going on. 
<laughs> no, you can. Do, it was blatantly terrible. Go. That is ADR. They don't even trying to hide it. How the it was. It was almost like a kung fu movie in mm-hmm. terms of matching the lip syncing. Holy Christ! That black guy at the ivory tower looks exactly like Uma Thurman's karate master in Kill Bill. <laughs> I didn't put that together. You're absolutely. He does. Yeah. Thank you. We talked about what books it would be. Uh, I said, don't give, don't give me some holier-than-thou bullshit answer like Winston Churchill's autobiography. I'll call you a liar. Uh, Juliet, another great point you made. I'm just going to have to piggyback off it with a little. I love how they told Atreyu to leave his weapons. Yeah, to prove your bravery, I'd rather Joe Biden perform brain surgery on my mother than leave a, for a battle without a weapon. Call, <laughs> call me a pussy, but I'll be a living pussy. How about that? <laughs> I like how the elder says he has to go find a cure. You know, a little direction would be nice. Like, how about green bottle, top of the mountain where all the lightning strikes and the clouds are? That would be helpful. That's when someone gives directions to you like, go straight, can't miss it. What? Okay, how far? (laughs) Give me a landmark. (laughs) Give me a compass. These, These animatronics are worse than a house of horrors at a church carnival. Oof. So bad. Oh, the animatronics was the worst part of the outside of the acting, outside of the dialogue, right? Outside of the editing, I will have to say, worst part of the movie. And none of their lips synced up with the conversation. It was all like a half beat off. <laughs> beat off. That was Here cute. We go. <laughs> <laughs> It was like if the the country bear jamboree at Disney World is almost set like on a thirty three RPM instead of the forty five. Exactly. Yes. Like a, a broken Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is spot on. Oh, the horse dying scene lacked punch as an adult. As a kid, it was mortifying. But I'll take E.T. dying with those little flyers over any other scene in kids film with the flowers, excuse me, than any other kids scene film, as we, we talked about before. Uh, by the way, I am still stuck on the dad mixing a raw egg and orange juice. <laughs> this is someone who puts on a glove to feel his poop for firmness to determine if he's too low on fiber. Is this a thing? Ugh. <laughs> It, it, why did they have to establish that first scene? Because the dad never shows up in the rest of the movie. No! Oh, we're going to get to that, too. I'm surprised you guys okay. didn't jump on that one. Go ahead. These characters are completely unremarkable and devoid of any unique characteristics. Zero. As Kevin Israel loves good character development, I saw none. None. None whatsoever. So school lets out, and this kid still doesn't go home. Does his dad not only drink insane concoctions, but also molest and beat him as well? <laughs> it's the 80s. I mean, every other movie says, yes, yes, he does. Boy, this should be this should have been an after-school channel ABC movie. That's what it should have been. <laughs> Falcor saving a tray from the mud looks as real as Jaws in Jaws 3D. I'd even say less so. Yeah. If you remember the scene in Jaws 3 when you watch it on TV where the the the, the head just starts somersaulting you toward the screen. <laughs> yeah. Stop it. The worst. Yeah. I guess that that's what, Yeah, it was a 3D one. Yeah, that's yeah. where that's where Dennis Craig was on Coke for an hour and a half and just uh <laughs> milked around. Wasn't that the Lewis uh Gossett Jr. Lou Gossett Jr. Yes. Yeah, he he yes. he finds his fate in there too, I believe. Yes. 
Outside of G.I. Joe, Transformers, Thundercats, He-Man, Pee-wee's Playhouse, the 80s were a dark time for movies and TV shows for kids. And I mean dark as a sense of low quality. How many yeah, kids films? spend much money. Yet. Well, they didn't in the 70s either, though. But No. It, certainly, it didn't start to come around, again, with the, besides those cartoons, which were top-notch. And a few films here and there. I mean, Black Cauldron, uh, Labyrinth, Stunk. That was terrible. Uh, I hated that. Oh, I did too. I didn't see it until I was an older. I go, man, I'm glad my parents didn't take me to see this. There's a lot of uh, heard. Why don't you write in and uh, also pile in other 80s films and, and shows that were just trash. We're 45 minutes in and finally the antagonist makes an appearance. There are no palpable stakes in this. The wolf shows up. Whoop de doo. He chases him. This is like Beetlejuice. The title character's name is Beetlejuice. When does she show up? 45 minutes in for about four to five scenes. That film stinks. Don't try and defend it, folks. That film blows. The fact that they made a sequel, which, by the way, just walks right into my sequel theory trap of A, an R cannot go to a PG-13 with the sequel, and B, you cannot have the original more than 10 years after the first. That's the sequel after the first. This is going to be terrible. The first one was terrible. And I'm on a tangent about Beetlejuice. I don't know why. Guess where you know we're going to go if someone decides to pick Beetlejuice. Well, you know what? You just had your ta-da moment for sure. <laughs> I'm still not getting the allure here. The kid screaming at the book makes about as much sense as like someone screaming at a movie theater screen. I get it. You're trying to build emotion and tension. But this seems so forced. This this story is moving slower than a horse drowning in mud. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I want to go visit the swamp of sadness now. <laughs> Some would call that the 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 fifty year old stripper at the local strip club. They would call that her chooch. <laughs> oh, <laughs> bang! There's some old fifty five year old broad with droopy tits who look like wet socks with cucumbers in them, asking for beads on some balcony in your fair city right now. So. You guys don't have to go far to see that. She's on my balcony. <laughs> oh, that is the great myth of Mardi Gras. It is. You think that all the chicks showing their boobs are the ones you want to see? They're not. No. David, David, no. you took you took a picture and put it on Facebook and I commented there was like a naked bike ride and one of the older women had some of the best tits I have seen, period. <laughs> Those things were at a perfect flat 180-degree angle that – like a letter, like the letter, like, like almost like the letter L. They were just perfect. <laughs> While she was biking, I go, those are just chef's yeah. kiss tits. Oh, you me didn't out. see the guy that ran into me naked, though. That was, that was the best. And, and ran into you over and over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told him, I'll give you 20 minutes to cut that out. <laughs> it was funny. You never got out of the way. I never understood why. I was just going to say that leopard thong is a song of the sirens. Yeah. Eye of Newt seems to be a mainstay in magic potions, like it's a dash of sea salt. Maybe, Juliet, you throw some Eye of Newt in your next attempt of Jambalaya. I mean, I could get it if I wanted to. I've got a couple of stores that carry it. I believe the voodoo shops down there have to be like Saks Fifth Avenue of oh, voodoo shops. You know, it's funny. You can tell the difference between the ones that mean, you know, business and the ones that are all catering to the tourists. tourists yeah. uh, it's right. very funny. For a couple of sphinxes, they've got fantastic tits. The horse shit. The other pair of fantastic statue tits, Naked Gun, where Leslie Nielsen's outside climbing in those. You know, it was on the other day. That's why that just stuck out of me. 
Not that I, not that I ever jerked off to it 17 times as a kid. Next. <laughs> these, uh, these three trials that Treyu has to do must have inspired the three tests of uh, to find the grail at Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade, but lacking all of plot, fun, character development, story, uh, story driven points, and mm-hmm. entertainment value. You Never know what ending this movie needed more quests. <laughs> Never ending story, more like never-ending and boring. Am I right? You're so clever. You, you didn't go movie. Yeah. You know what? I I went the hack route. Yeah. This kid read the story for so long that his dad is probably wearing out the carpet in the hat in their house while pacing back and forth and drinking an OJ and egg cocktail. Boy, you called that back three times. Oh, I had to. I was. I paused. It. No, because it had. And I. It was like the Zapruder film for me. I go. That's not. That's not an egg and orange juice. And lo and behold, maybe it's his own version of a retarded pisco sour. I don't know. That's a. That does not happen. Moment. Sure was. He wishes to fly the Falcor and then chase the bullies into the dumpster. If you couldn't figure that out once you saw him flying down that same yeah. exact street. And those kids weren't getting in the dumpster. You need your driver's license revoked. You're that blind. Mm-hmm. And hey, by the way, what city was that? Because I, I was looked it up. I looked it up. I had to. You ready for this? Vancouver. Yeah. Of course it was. it was. Canada. I knew it was Canada. It, but some places took place in Munich where Wolfgang Peterson is from. I thought San Francisco was my gut reaction, but it was mm. Vancouver. You think if this kid had some wishes, how about the obvious? You'd wish for your dead mom to return. Or, <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Or or wish for Dyfus to come take him away from his a- egg and OJ drinking dad. Uh. Or, what happens to the dad the entire time his son is missing? <laughs> what happens to the school when they realize he didn't show up? What happens when they realize he's been cutting class and broke into the goddamn attic? What about his other wishes? All these questions right there on the table. Zero answers. Zero. I have said this. Sorry, David, go ahead. That movie needed a good Amber alert. (laughs) (laughs) If that's it, like you said before, that was the real genesis of Megan's Law. (laughs) Jesus, I've said this a million times in this podcast and I'll say it a million more my batting average of seeing stuff as a kid and having the same as an opinion as an adult is 800 I am dead nuts on I never liked this film as a kid never ever got the same thing with Princess Bride same thing with a bunch of those other ones Labyrinth the aforementioned Mac and me was universally trash anyway, but you get the gist. Willow, Willow Blue. Oh, we did on the podcast. Mm. I, 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 yeah, exactly. Oh my god, great call, great call. That film stunk. <laughs> so many bad ones. I never liked as a kid. I hated as an adult. People were. I expected more. Ask a gutter, but when I saw people go, "What? I love that movie." No, you don't. Stop. No. The nostalgia glasses are as thick as coffee saucers. Stop it. What was so memorable about this film? I ask you who those who want to defend it. The kid flying the Falcor. The Falcor is barely in it. He's in it for three scenes, and it's all yay. Family Guy put it best. Go Google that scene. 
<laughs> the whole story feels like it's been done a million times over with the whole fantasy horse shit. The young princess, go find this quest. But there's nothing unique about it. What was different except for the fact that the kid was reading the story and living it out through his own you know, um, um, day-to-day dealings, I guess. The wolf was weak. What was the culmination of this? He says the name, poof. He says her name, poof. The world is saved. All he had to do was, was this, the rosebud moment of this dumbass film. Poof, saved. We could have saved ourselves 90 minutes if we would have saved, said her name in the beginning. This whole journey, what did we learn? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. What did yeah. the character gain? Nothing. Anything of note besides a horse dying, only a waste of a hundred minutes. This film stunk, the song stunk, the nostalgia goggles are all over it again. One and a half out of ten. Ooh, boy, you went deep. Oh wow. And Lord Snurts, my God, I can't play poker with him. His score predictions. Juliet two. David two. Me one and a half. Ah, look at that. He wow, says, can yeah. this be a reverse last action hero episode? That's where he did an April Fool's joke on Del- Delvin Cox. And we pretended that we all hated last action hero. But in fact, Bill Schultz and I and his brother all love it. And Delvin was like, oh, thank God. This is a good film. <laughs> so this okay, film. Let me ask blows. you one question, Kevin. Yeah, sure. So when it comes to the fantasy genre, mm-hmm. is there one, 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 one movie that you actually like? Fantasy. Yeah, I mean, if you call this fantasy, because it has elements of it, but I would understand if you were to shoot it down. Big Trouble yeah. in Little China. God damn it. Love it. Best Love movie it. ever. One it has of- everything. Yeah, Jack Burton. He is just a slightly watered down Han Solo. By the way, Kurt Russell, screen tested for Han Solo. Would have been great. So to Christopher Walken, that would not have been great. That would but- not have worked. Big Trouble in Little China. I- I'm not. Some of the Lord of the Rings stuff we've- I rewatched recently. Return of the King we did in the podcast. Ooh. That's great. Return of the King is great. The first one, and I remember the second one just dragging. All the Hobbit films sucked. I Suck. fell asleep in one of them. I, I mean, Willow sucked. Uh, Princess Bride, I hated. Obviously, well documented on that. What other ones are out there? I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I love you both. I hate to say you're both wrong. Okay. Let's see. Yeah, he hates Fantasy big movies just suck. <laughs> There's not a single fantasy movie that I look at or that I've seen. And then I think, oh my God. That is a great movie to me. This one what touches about me. What? Flash Gordon. Oh, ah. that sucks. Oh, my God. It's pure that camp. It's a certain kind of butthole. Yeah, no, that's not good. <laughs> is that, is that, but is that more superhero? I don't know if that was, that was a comic book, so that would qualify as. I know. I was wondering if it was more like sci-fi. I don't know. I'm going to yeah. read a bunch out, and you guys say yay or nay. Oh, boy. This is going to be a short oh. argument after I. Time Bandits, Boo. Ugh. Labyrinth. Ugh. Ugh. This one I love, and I'll fight you on it. Big Fish. I love that film. I love Big Fish. All right. All right. I don't hate it. Don't I love hate it. Me. It's so great. That that's a little tearjerker in the end, too. They yeah. call the they call the shape of water a fantasy movie. I mean, I guess, I but no, it's a creature feature. Yeah. It's creature from the Black Lagoon made yeah. now. Yeah. Life I don't know of if that's really a fantasy movie. It's life not. of Life of Pi. They call Life of Pi one. I get. I guess. Oh, eh. screw that. The Tiger and the it. Boat movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Dragon Slayer. Boo. Rain of yeah, Fire. Yeah, that doesn't hold up. I liked it when I was a kid, but I don't now. 
The Dark Crystal. Ugh, oh, terrible. Yeah, terrible, Ooh. terrible. Clash of the Titans. Nope. No. Okay. Let's see what all they're calling <laughs> the Little Mermaid. The Argonauts. I never saw that. that. A good one. All right, here's one they call they call this fan this fantasy time bandit stardust uh the Green Knight. I guess that counts. I don't know, I don't that, know one. What that is. I saw that uh weird science. No, yeah, that's a fantasy. fantasy. Trash. What about Kroll? Did you ever see Kroll? Oh, that's <laughs> terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> it's that fucking right horrible. Beastmaster. Now there's a good one. Never saw it. <gasps> You've ne- it's directed by the same guy who did Phantasm. Which was already got a big that's old a horror movie. checkmark. That's yeah. Well, no, I know, but yeah. Beastmaster is fantasy. And I mean, it's terrible, but it's good terrible. So mm-hmm. yeah, fantasy category is lacking for me. It's not my bailiwick, but hard. yeah, it's. Yeah. Do you want to call Star Wars fantasy? I mean, you can argue to a degree it is sci-fi. It's yeah, sci-fi. I get it. I get. I get that. But there are yeah. fantasy elements to it, but way more sci-fi. I acquiesce. Let uh, let's see what the critics got to say about this one. Strap in, critics. Five star reviews. This scarred me for life, and I loved it. <laughs> Why? Yeah, I was saying we got a simpleton on our hands here, kids. <laughs> carries it carries with it a healthy amount of menace and intensity, but it's also a remarkable adventure. No, it's not. No, there's Said, nothing. It's Said the writer no of the book. If you, <laughs> great point. <laughs> this is the test. Ask people what stood out to them besides flying the Falcor. And it's gonna be a very short list. Fantasies as hardy and original as this are rare at the movies. Who are these people? What was that written in 1984? Some of these, uh, I I should look. I, I think I just I just I just go from the no, actually the more recent ones. So no, the never-ending story remains a testament to the power of imagination and the type of inventive cinema that was possible in a pre-digital era. <laughs> that means absolutely nothing. What they just said. They said nothing. Right. Critics, one-star reviews. Through its foibles and failings, it hasn't improved with age. The never-ending story emerges in retrospect as more an ambitious children's movie than given credit. Ambitious? Yeah. Through its... I copied it twice. Whoops. This was sweet and charming at at the time, but now it just lacks either the comedy or sophistication of kids' fantasy films that we've all been accustomed to. Was it sweet and charming? No. No, no. Sophistication of kids' fantasy films. Name me a kids' film that was that was that had any element of sophistication, please. You want to argue Princess to... Bride? Maybe, maybe. No, it's not it. a kid's movie. But you keep though. calling it, yeah, oh, it's yes, not it a kid's movie. I mean, it's more of an, it's like young adult fiction. You're right. Uh, I don't know. Everyone in my age, but I, I was like, it was 87, I think, 86. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was 10, 10 or 11 when that came out. That, everyone was seeing that shit. The Neverending Story may have cost a mint to produce, but the result is bargain basement. Zing! Mm-hmm. <laughs> and here comes Captain Obvious right there in that big old red Corvette. The Neverending part of the title is certainly accurate. Yeah, he called it out. Ta-da. Amazon five star reviews. Purchase this video for my eight year old son. He enjoyed the first half, but he decided not to sit for the remainder of the movie. I enjoyed it. 
because he was a little touched. <laughs> oh, sounds like the kid's smarter than the writer is. I, I I left that right out there. I said one of you two is going to pick that one up. <laughs> Parental advisory: colon. This fantasy world, as mentioned above, it is full of frightening moments. Some creatures, such as a giant turtle and the wolf, are convincing puppets that can give nightmares to children. The wolf is the most frightening. The nothing itself is a mixture of weather events such as strong winds, earthquakes, cyclones hurricanes, and mention of a drought, which could be nerve-wracking for those who have been traumatized by fierce weather events and children. Two pairs of statues are bare-breasted females. Signed, Anthony Cumia. (laughs) I was going to say, who's triggered? (laughs) Who's triggered by drought? (laughs) (laughs) Were you you brought up during the Dust Bowl in Kansas in 1940? (laughs) I mean, I was triggered when I heard there might be a shortage of bourbon in the world. <laughs> well, you live in, Hur- in Hurricane Alley in Florida, as they were going through right now. And so it's like, all right, well, this happens twice, three times a year. So let's get out the old hatches yep. and bat them down. It's a category one. It'll be fine. Yeah. My two and four year old love this movie. The first time they were apprehensive, I held them when Gamork appeared. Still, they kept asking me to play it. After two or three times, they know the story. They know there's nothing to be afraid of. This is a movie I will let my children watch with no hesitation, parentheses, as opposed to the soulless insanity all around nowadays, like SpongeBob, Phineas and Ferb, Chowder, etc. My kids don't even know who those characters are. I'll try to keep it that way. This parent... Nurse Ratchet. Yeah. This parent (laughs) is easily, easily the one on Halloween giving out pennies and apples. And toothpaste. (laughs) Right. <laughs> By the way, we did. Uh, Doctor Drew came on, did Cuckoo's Nest. Nurse Ratchet. I forgot. I haven't seen it in so long. She's super attractive. Oh, I she's did, hot. Yeah, I yeah, this, she like, is. this big fat battle axe. You know, and uh-uh. I was like, holy shit! Nurse no. Ratchet could get it. It's that like sexy authoritarian figure. Yeah, just at face value. Forget the character layers. Really, first glance, you're like, holy shit. She's at a 15 in a psych ward. She's a good seven out of the streets. (laughs) Hi, fellow nostalgia fans. I was born in 1980, one year after the book was produced. I look exactly like Barrett Oliver, even talk like he does. And my hair has more German bouncy, colorful curls than anyone. And my skin is olive gold, tan colored. Parentheses. I used to be very pale, of course, from my Polish and long eyelashes, huge almond shaped brown eyes, too, with a short tongue. So I cannot pronounce a lot of words. My past is in the 80s when people were into family and love. No one would believe if I told them that my eyes are highly reflective and glow and in the right lighting create a hall of mirrors when I look in the mirror. See, you don't believe me. There is not one doubt in my mind of who I am. I live in San Jose, and if you ever went there downtown, it is just like the book's movie. Also, it is built on sacred land. Don't ever think it is a false tale. I went to middle school, and if a school bus satchel were in my hands, it would carry a PB sandwich with raisins. My grades were terrible all my youth, and I was made fun of, parentheses, still am, and my mother divorced my father too, End parentheses. I had a crush on a brown eyed girl who looked like Punky Brewster all my life. Still unreal? Well, never underestimate the real truth of fantasy. You never know. Signed, Jodie Foster. Are you there, God? It's me, yeah, Margaret. <laughs> I also was going to say, by the way, this is one hell of a grinder profile that his fucking <laughs> inbox may be getting blown up. Hey, by the way, way to make a movie about uh, you. <laughs> Yeah, you narcissistic, olive tan, almond color eyes. Oh, man of plenty. 
That and is was... the weirdest thing I've ever heard in a movie review ever. Why would anybody write that? It's not a journal. Because stream of consciousness has no filters, Juliet. You should know that and as a writer. The Thompson internet. can go fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon one star reviews. Oh. The only reason this veritable dumpster fire of childhood nightmare fuel is on my purchase list is I forgot to set the parental controls on my grandmother's fire TV when I set it up for her. She is 84. All the tech is set up for me because I am the one she calls over to fix things when she forgets how they got there. Thinking everything was on the Amazon app was free. She bypassed all the do you want to purchase and bought it while I was at the grocery store. Amazon, you need a child slash grandparent setting that lets us put things that they are allowed into a category for them, possibly a who is watching setting like all the other streaming services and defaulting to an alphabetical sorting instead of a recent sorting so that those who aren't as savvy can just use what they learned in kindergarten instead of trying to figure out what algorithm you use to give that suggestion. And now grandma's in a home. Yeah. Grandma probably answered the iron and is uh, has half an ear burned off. By the way, how was the movie? <laughs> My favorite Amazon reviewer is this guy who goes on and blows up no matter the movie. I've seen it at least 10 times saying how Amazon is anti anti uh handicapped persons because it doesn't allow for closed captioning or something like that. For people with disabilities it never never goes after the movie it's always fuck amazon because they hate disabled people next one perhaps perhaps the overall quality of movies and tv shows being made for kids today is so astronomically better than it was back in 1984 that my kids parentheses who are as eager as any consumer fattened in the West during the age of information, end parentheses, knew right away that this was just an awful piece of crap. And there were plenty of other kids' movies from that era that respected their audiences and trafficked in similar material. The Princess Bride, for instance, which is as good now as it ever was. I wish that I could go back and unwatch it twice. The first time I saw it when a kid... And a second time, when a fit of nostalgia and a spasm of failing memory, I watched it again with my own kids. Avoid at all costs. I rented this at the advice of someone on YouTube that was pointing out the obvious subliminal messages offered to the youth of the 80s while viewing. I, allow I allowed my daughter, now 38, to watch this as a young girl because it had a flying fluffy dog. Shame on me. It is so easy to see why our millennial generation is so confused. At minimum, it should be rated R and has many sexual subliminal messages. The most disturbing is near the end of the movie, a bloodied black wolf in a devilish voice offers to a half-dressed boy offers advice to a half-dressed young boy about how to control people. Hollywood is certainly a den of evil. Signed, Tara Reid. <laughs> That's a weird post. Yeah, but he's it. right, or she is right, either or. Wow, this is the dumbest movie ever. It has no point. I'm a child of the 80s and didn't go see it when it came out, though I always wanted to. Somehow I missed it for the next 30 years, but decided to watch it tonight with my wife. Every 10 minutes or so of watching the movie, we would wonder aloud when they were going to introduce what the point of the movie was. I still don't know. Someone enlightened me. I, had, I kind of, though, thought the movie would end with its experiences somehow leading the kid to make his sense of his mother's death or helping his father learn how to relate to him or something better. 
The only storyline that somewhat reconciled is when the kid magically, but with no explanation how to, appears in the real world riding his good luck puppy dragon thing to scare the bullies. Signed, Easy e from NWA. <laughs> well, He's you know, right, that, though. No explanation of that thing. Most, just most. Yeah, no. you're right. Last Action Hero had a golden ticket, and he very well set up the rules of how to travel in between the movies and such. This is just, right. ta-da! Yeah. <laughs> it's just a bunch of word vomit that just goes out and just, like, they're just trying to make a movie. Trying to make a movie, and it did not work. Last Sorry. one. Oh, that's fine. I love hearing you uh, your interjections. This is probably the worst movie I have ever seen. There is nothing positive I can say about it. I have given it one star, which is one star too many. The acting, screenplays, costumes, staging, characters, music, sound, and special effects. The voice acting, ew. The voice acting, the, oh, sorry, I read that. The whole production was painful to watch. It was so painful, it actually made me anxious. This is a movie that should be allowed to fade away quietly, never to be seen again. It is not worth wasting time to watch. The discerning five-year-old watching it with me gave it 10 minutes and then asked to watch something else. My verdict, do not waste your time. Signed, Adam Sandler. <laughs> well, I'm David, the producer. Yeah. <laughs> David, the producer, I don't think I have to ask you. Your lovely wife, Juliet Miranda, got the sacred cow. I think it's a unanimous absolute goddamn lootly. Uh, yeah. I think your batting average is perfect, Juliet, on this, is it? It may be, yeah. I yeah. think it is. I mean, David, you whiffed on Back to the Future. I'll never let you forget about that one. <laughs> oh, let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but between the two of you combined, it's probably about 850. You guys are going to the Hall of Fame first ballot. God damn it, I love having you two on. Love hanging out with it. Oh, what a joy, what a pleasure. The fans love you too. Thanks, everybody, for coming on and hanging out. We'll see you later. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.